Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. love to be the bearer of good news. It was expected. There was no doubt in a lot of people's minds. And now we just got some reassurance. Welcome into the Pat Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ben Byron, filling in for the P-Man, taking some well-deserved vacay. My man, Derek Alcorn, D-Rock, as I like to call him, across the glass. And a lot to unpack here on a Memorial Day Monday. Of course, the big news of the day, ECU will host a regional here in Greenville as the number one seed in their bracket, finished with the 13th national seed by the NCAA. This is their third time in a row hosting a regional. And just taking a look at it, I think when you look back at the season, the big narrative around this team and them hosting a regional was what was going to cost them was their strength of schedule, is what I kept hearing. Strength of schedule, non-conference, and conference I think all that got put to rest in the, in the conference tournament. And especially with the selection show, you look in the conference tournament, everyone thought either ECU or Tulane was going to be a shoe win. And I get it. It was ECU and USF that only got a bid. But everybody thought it was going to be ECU and Tulane. Tulane didn't make it. They didn't win the conference championship. Just like that, USF wins. Nobody expected that. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, we, we took three, two out of three from USF. Took, yeah, took two out of three from USF, who are now have a regional bid. You look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they had a little bit of a disappointing year. They didn't, they, they underperformed. Keyword underperformed. They had some pretty lofty expectations coming into the season. Not to win anything, but definitely to make some noise. And I think we definitely saw that in the conference tournament. I think we definitely saw that during the season. They have the bats in this conference, not, not only in this conference, in this country, to go up against anybody. Their big thing is bullpen and pitching, and they'll get it figured out in the coming years, I, I think. Wichita State's always tough. Memphis, eh, Memphis is Memphis. They had, a, they had a pretty rough year, pretty rough year. Tulane, of course. Tulane was tough. Many thought they were still going to get a regional bid. Did not happen. Did not happen, which was a little, I, I, I can't say it was a little shocking, but still. And then you look at a non-conference schedule. And you look at who we played. We played ODU. We lost to ODU. Well, they're playing in a regional where they're the number one seed but are not hosting. So I think you can't just cast that non-conference loss aside. That was a tough non-conference loss against a tough team. And if I remember correctly, it came down to the wire. UNC earned a bid whether it was deserved or not. That was another team we played in non-conference and we won against. Duke. Duke won the ACC championship. They earned a bid, and we beat them. Smacked them, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Derek, you're good. You don't have to keep typing. You don't have to. You don't have to fact check for me. You're all right, buddy. I gotta get a fact check for myself. <laughs> yeah, I've. So that narrative needs to go out the window. We had some tough non-conference games. I get it. We played a Rhode Island along the way. I didn't even know Rhode Island had a university. I get it. We played at Illinois State, and in Charlotte, we swept Charlotte. Charlotte earned a bid in our regional. 
Charlotte was potentially going to host. It, it came down to the wild. They're from the field of 20 selected. So we need to just put that aside and just appreciate this ECU team, this Pirate baseball team, which quite frankly right now is the only thing going for us. Football's, I mean, football's rebuilding. Basketball just had a huge overhaul. They've struggled. So let's just take the time to appreciate this team, appreciate what they did, and make sure we support our Pirates this weekend. Plenty of thoughts, plenty of comments from the players and the coaches. We'll start with Cliff Godwin here. Obviously, a lot of emotions coming into the season and finishing up this season, a lot of uncertainty um, for a lot of people, not necessarily myself, but they got their reassurance they needed. He talks about, you know, kind of just their reactions to hosting a regional. Just super excited for our guys, for our fans. I mean, it's uh, been a long time since Clark LeClaire has been packed. So I uh, got chill bumps talking to Brian Bailey earlier, just that the place is going to be packed. It's going to be electric and it's going to be back to normal. So super proud of our guys, super proud of uh, our, our staff. Um, what people don't realize, what our guys have been through this year, of course, with the COVID protocols, but to really the, the four-game weekends and three days and playing 36 innings, it was a grind, and we knew it was going to be tough. And to be honest with you, it was set up for us to fail because when we got to conference play, we were really good. Our record was really good. Our RPI was really good. And, you know, other teams in the uh, conference hadn't played as consistent baseball as us. So for our guys to win the regular season, go down to the conference tournament, lose in game one, win three games down there. Uh, I just think this is as tough of a group as we've ever had here at East Carolina and the way they've had to navigate through this season. So uh, super proud just uh, to be here and to be a part of a third straight regional that we've hosted in Greenville, which is uh, unprecedented times. And I'm, I'm super uh, just happy that I'm a part of it. Despite what happened in the conference tournament, I don't think there was any doubt in this team's mind that they were going to get that reassurance that they were going to host. They knew they were going to host. I don't think there's no doubt about it, especially when you looked at the field. Pittsburgh, looking back, they really had no business being in the hosting conversation. And I know there was other Southern Miss really fell apart. So I think they had a good idea that they were probably going to host, but it's always nice to get that reassurance. And he talked about the emotions throughout the team and himself finally getting that from the NCAA. I've never been in a situation where we weren't safe. In 17, we knew we weren't going to make it, and uh, we've been safe every other time. Um, but I just sit back there in the back, and I was sitting next to Seth Goodell and you know Bridging and Cam and those guys, and I just try to take it in with them. Uh, I've learned that this isn't guaranteed in any profession to to be able to host a regional, and I'm just man, I'm getting chill bumps because it's it's very special. So now it's time to take a look at the field, of course. And uh, when you look at it, Norfolk State earning their first appearance in the postseason in program history. They won the Me- they're the MEAC champs. You got Maryland. This is their first postseason appearance since 2017. I think they lead the Big Ten in stolen bases. If you remember, Maryland has a little bit of history with us. So you got a special place in Pirate baseball history because the last time we played them, Cooch Manor had his legendary perfect game against them. But everybody knew that. That's not news to anybody. And uh, Charlotte, that's huge. That's going to be tough. This is not the same Charlotte team we played three months ago. They have been on a roll, and they have some of the best bats in the country. They can go up against anybody when it comes to offensive performance and offensive output. Austin Knight, he's going to be a pro player on that team. So that's the only team I'm really, really worried about coming into this regional. Uh, 
Cliff Godwin was asked about the field of teams selected to the regional, and here was his thoughts. I can pronounce Norfolk State better than I could pronounce Quinnipiac. That's about the extent that I know about them. Um, no, it's uh, – and I tell our guys this, and I tell all you fans this, is, you know, some fans will look at it and go, hey, this is an easy regional. Some will say hard. Teams don't get to the postseason unless they're good. And just because we played Charlotte early in the year, I mean, that was two, three months ago. So they're a different team. We're a different team. Uh, we need to worry about Norfolk State. Uh, game one, as you guys know, uh, you know, uh, we, we needed to worry about Quinnipiac, and they beat us. So uh, we need to worry about Norfolk State first. Coach Godwin was asked about the start rotation for the regionals. What is he going to go with? Is he going to go with Gavin Williams, the conference pitcher of the year? Is he going to go elsewhere? What's it going to look like, Coach? I'm going to sit down with our staff, and we're going to look at Norfolk State and matchups and everything like that. And plus, we're going to make sure that our pitchers feel good and, and all that good stuff. So I don't even know if it'll come out Tuesday, but you know, definitely by Wednesday we'll have a good, pretty good idea who's pitching. It's a little tough when you're determining who you're going to start here on the mound for this Norfolk State game because you would think that would be a shoe-in game that you're going to win, especially when you're not even scouting them, according to Coach Godwin. So do you want to throw your ace, or do you want to throw somebody else like a Cooch Maynard, who's kind of been in the uh, bullpen a little bit? They've even had him at first base. Well, why not give it a shot? Or do you want to, you want to go with Matt Bridges, who just started getting some starts? You want to go with Wisenhunt? He kind of breaks down a little bit of the process of how he determines a starter for regionals and the trickiness of it here. Well, it's tricky as a head coach. You know, I work for Mike Bianco, and, uh, you know, Mike threw our number one every time, uh, except uh, when we went to uh, NC State in 13, and they had Rodon, and we knew that Bobby Wall was the only guy that could uh, beat Rodon, so we threw Mike Myers against William & Mary, and we lost against William & Mary, which at the time, I don't even know if Coach Bianco knew that William & Mary had a program, so he was pretty upset that we talked him into uh, not throwing Bobby. And, of course, we uh, threw Bobby in game two, and then we lost to William & Mary again in game three. So it's tricky. Um, I've never been afraid. Look, man, the goal is to win the regional. In 15, when we went down to Miami, we threw Krasinski against Columbia because Reed Love was our ace, and I felt like that Reed Love was the only guy that could beat Miami. Well, we lost to Columbia and then played Reed Love, I mean, played FIU and Reed Love pitch, and we got beat 2 nothing. which, you know, our guys were gassed. We won the conference tournament that year, and we were thin. I think we traveled 26 players when we could travel 27. But you go down there to win the regional. You don't go, you know, you don't host a regional. You don't go to a regional without going into to putting your best foot forward to give you an opportunity to win the regional. Been a while since the Pirates have been at home. I think it's been three straight weeks they've been on the road. He talks about finally being able to return in front of a raucous Pirate Nation, Pirate yeah. baseball crowd. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing. You know, we took uh, two days off when we got back from Cincinnati. We just took two days off. I mean, that gauntlet we went through at Cincinnati to win three out of the four games. Our guys just got off their feet. And, you know, John Gilbert – just was like, man, I, I can't believe, like, in a good way, like, that you would do that. And then I was like, hey, man, like, I know what our guys put into trying to win a game. So if we don't get them off their feet, we're going to be gassed when we go to South Florida. And I thought that was a big reason we were able to win both games of that doubleheader on day one. So they won't do anything else today. They'll relax or chill, get treatment guys that are nicked up a little bit. And tomorrow, the position players will lift weights, we'll have a short practice. Um, it won't be necessarily light, but it'll be a short practice. 
and then Wednesday we'll have a short practice and then of course on Thursday you know you got the NCAA reps out here yelling at me that I'm out there one minute before the time so I can't wait for that. Now coach you picked a noon start time on Friday a lot of people are going to be working. Why did you pick that start time? And I think it gives us a little bit of a call to action to all the Pirate fans to show up and show out. Find a way off work because it's it's going to be packed. It's going to be a great environment. And this is going to be a Pirate baseball team unlike anything you've seen before. Here's Coach Godwin. In 18, when we, I wanted the kids to see the, I wanted the kids to be a part of the fans. Like I wanted the place to be packed. Our guys had never hosted. I wanted them. 19, kind of the same thing. Um, 19, we came very close to if State and Campbell were able to finish that game and the NCAA rep was like, you know, 10 o'clock, we're going to go back. Then we would have had to play a double header on Saturday as a one seat. That's a competitive disadvantage. Um, with COVID and a lot of more people uh, being able to work uh, online instead of virtually, instead of being in a person. And I think people will take days off work to be at the regional at noon on Friday after not having this place packed. So all those things went into it. And, uh, you know, I talked to John, I talked to JJ and uh, said, hey, look, I want to play game one. And uh, so we're going to play game one. Let's go to the players now. A lot of interesting reactions from the players. You know, they're excited. We're going to start with Thomas Francisco, who, first of all, should have been first team all conference. That's still a robbery. I don't care what anybody says. I think he was second in the league in home runs. It did not get a first team all conference selection. Absolutely ridiculous. Here's his reaction to hosting that re- to hosting a regional. No, nah, you know, I'm, I don't want to say anything about it. You know, it's we're we're here for we're a team. Um, you know, there's no award you get is because of you know you can't do it alone. Um, I'm not gonna make any comment on that. You know, I don't I don't need the conference to you know to validate that I feel like I've had a good season. But it's more about the team. Um, so no no I no comment on that. We're just. And, we're, and I couldn't vote for Brandy because I voted for first. Yeah, it's it, it we uh you know we have bigger goals than you know individual goals and uh, so yeah I'm not worried about that stuff. That was actually him talking about being robbed of first team all conference, but uh, that's okay. Coach Godwin kind of chiming in a little bit, saying, "Hey, no, don't worry, kid. I, I gave you a vote. I don't know what happened." But here's Thomas Francisco talking about his well, with his reaction to hosting a regional. Oh yeah, this has been awesome. You know, we you can you can never take this stuff for granted because it doesn't happen all the time. You know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this. You know, in the fall and all the way leading up to it. But I'm just really happy, you know, to experience this. But um, we still got to go out there and play the game. So. That's the big thing. I think I mentioned earlier he was second in the league or in the conference in the home runs. Well, number one is none other than our man Connor Norby. He talks about the unbelievable season Connor Norby had this year. Norby's had a great year. You know, uh, probably one of the best that you know that I've ever seen. Um, you know, we need him. To, we need him to keep playing like he's playing. And uh, you know, I've always believed in Norby. You know, when we were freshmen, uh, we'd always talk about how like. We need to step up one day, and he's played so great. I'm so proud of him. And, you know, the, I guess the jump that he's made from his freshman year here to now, it's, it's incredible. I couldn't be more proud of him. Moving it over to catcher Seth Cadell, another person who was robbed of any kind of selection in the conference. I think he was up there. He had to be top five in home runs, I would think, in conference. And did not earn a selection on a first team, a second team. I don't even know if there's a third team. Definitely didn't earn a selection there, which is a little puzzling. He talks about hosting a regional. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, we had a really good year this year, and just being able to, to you know, do some more team bonding before we go 
onto that field on Friday was, you know, really special, and I'm glad we got to do it. I know with COVID, there's, you know, not the fans here like there has been in the past with the other regionals, but it's really fun. He talked about the unbelievable season Gavin Williams is having. Hey, we talked about the unbelievable season Connor Norby is having. Gavin Williams, that guy's going to be a pro. Gavin's been on fire this year. No doubt. Not only that, he might be a first-rounder. I don't think that's a stretch. He might be a first-rounder. 10-0 this year, been unbelievable. He talks about the kind of year Gavin Williams had. It's been I mean, happening. It's been honestly pretty crazy. I mean, what is he, 10-0, I think? 10-0, yeah. I mean, gives us a good chance to win, obviously, and he, he commands, you know, all three pitches, and he's really tough to beat, and it's hard to just string at-bats against him, you know, get one single, and then, you know, the ending's kind of over with after that. So, I mean, he's just – and he's just a competitor too. So, I'm really proud of him, and he's – Came into the picture since I, I mean, I've been catching him since I was probably about 12 years old. And to see him now, it's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, he's done a great job. Here's a guy that did earn an all-conference selection, Cam Colmore, who, which I'm, I, I really like how they picked this guy to speak to the meaning. He's been here for six years. He grew up in the area. He went to South Central. Um, he talked about how this was always a dream for him to play in a regionals in front of a packed crowd. Here's Cam Colmore with his reactions to hosting a regional and moving on. Uh, you know, it's going to be nice. Uh, it's It's been over a year since, you know, we played in front of uh, a Pat Clark LeClaire Stadium, and it's just so special to see, you know, um, me growing up, that's, you know, I always dreamed about playing in front of a Pat Clark LeClaire Stadium. I just can't wait. You know, it's been so long, so can't wait for Friday, 12 o'clock. And we wrap it up here with Matt Bridges. He talks about his reactions to a regionals. I mean, I would definitely say they're all different and excited, like, 17, you know, it kind of set in with me that you can't really take it for granted because they don't come around too often. And I um, just really want to enjoy my time here. Um, freshman year was was really cool. You know, we were a tough group. Um, went on the road to Virginia. Um, crazy moment by Travis Falcons there. And it kind of rolled into uh, the Texas Tech Super Regional. And, you know, we were really just trying to build on from there and do something that ECU's never done. You know, that's why. Um, Cam, myself, and Smitty came back this year was just to just to do something crazy, and uh, it's the biggest thing. But <clears throat> just gotta take it one game at a time. So obviously, it sounds like the players are all business, which would you love to hear that. But I know deep down they're definitely excited, and uh, that's gonna do it for today's pirate report. Noon start here on Friday, right here on ninety four three. The game will bring you live play by play coverage with Corey Glor and the legendary coach Gary Overton. There's no, there's no better two or better duo in the biz, folks. You definitely want to make sure you tune in. Even if you're there, bring some headphones, if they allow you to bring headphones there. And tune, on, tune in. There's, I mean, it's unbelievable how good they are. And tomorrow, when the P-Man returns, Coach Cliff Godwin will join us. So that'll definitely be interesting. You definitely want to make sure you tune in for that. When we return on the other side of this timeout, weekend winners and weekend worst, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. A lot happened in sports over the weekend. Like always, we pick the best moments that maybe you can go back on the DVR or reminisce on and enjoy. And we pick the worst moments that maybe you can go back and check out for all the wrong reasons. This is Weekend Winners, Weekend Worst. It's time for Weekend Winners. Yes, I win! Game over! I win! And the weekend's worst. Worst day of my life? What do you think? Here on The Patrick Johnson Show. Let's start on a positive note. 
It was a positive weekend after all. I think you can agree, D-Rock. Very positive weekend. And who else to start it off than none other than the ECU Pirates, who were selected, of course, to host the regional. Cue it up. Weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. I don't think there was any doubt in a lot of people's minds that this was going to happen. And if you thought there was a chance that they weren't, you just weren't paying attention. And not only is having a regional back, where's the music, D-Rock? Come on, D-Rock, where's the music? Thank you, thank you. Got to play my ODB. Got to get in the mood here. Not only is having a regional back in Greenville not only great for the program, it's great for Greenville and Pitt County as a whole. It's great for local businesses. Support your local businesses, by the way. A lot of new eyes and newcomers potentially coming to Greenville from elsewhere. And it's bittersweet for the area and the program after a tough 2020 year that impacted us all. Pirate baseball, have yourself a day. Let's win that regional. Moving on, let's immediately bring it right back down with one of the weekend's worst. Weekend worst. And I hate to say it. I don't like to say it. Maybe calling it a weekend worse is a little harsh. We always support our part alums. Don't misconstrue this Pirate Nation as coming off as unsupportive. But I got to put HV3 on the weekend worst. Now, now, let's settle down. Let's settle down. We love HV3, but I'm just getting so antsy to just finally see him turn the corner and get a win. And I get it. He's young. He's still learning. But the way the PGA Tour portrays HV3, they want him to succeed so bad. And we do too. I don't think people quite realize just how much this guy, the guy, or the PGA pushes Harold Varner III. Jesus, are you go on Twitter right now and you look at the recent post? There's probably a post or two posted just today about HV3. I mean, it's it's that ridiculous. And it's a good thing. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. But at some point, he's got to perform up to the hype. He finished second at the RBC Heritage not too long ago. Would have won it if not for an unbelievable performance by an old lofty veteran, Stuart Sink. And we were all excited. But then he misses the cut at Quail Hollow, a course that's very special to him. It's in his home area. He follows it up by finishing 49th at the PGA Championship. And the Charles Schwab finishes 32nd this weekend. And I think what's frustrating about Harold Varner III is that he's he's got the talent. It's not a case of him barely scraping by. He started the open around on Thursday, finishing six under. Finished great. It's just the consistency. You got to follow it up with great rounds, very strong rounds. And he doesn't always do that. And when that day comes, when he finally does, it will be one of the most popular tour wins in recent memory. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I'm just getting a little impatient, guys. I feel like Labeling a weekend worse might be a little harsh, but I'm just being honest. D-Rock, you might not know it, but somebody smashed my windows on my car because of what I just said. I mean, people are that passionate about Harold Varner III around here, and rightfully so. It's it's a matter of time, but I'm getting antsy. And that's why it's a weekend worse. Maybe weekend worse, a little bit of harsh, but uh, hey, we'll run with it. Moving on to weekend winner. You're a winner. The Carolina Hurricanes. How about them Canes, D-Rock? I, I know you're hyped. I don't watch hockey. Come on. Come on, Derek. I don't Come think on, you D-Rock. can find anyone on the station that watches you, hockey. You need, to start, you need to start watching. 
You need to start watching. Come on, man. What's your problem? I'm from Kansas. We don't know what hockey is. Where, why do you like Michigan? Uh, Dad used to be a Michigan fan. He grew up in Michigan. So I've been a Wolverine fan. You're for all over the place, ever. Derek. Oh, yeah, you know. You're all over the place. A little place. bit of everything. I can't, quite get a, I can't quite get a gauge on you right now. You know, I can't even look at you right now. Moving on. Kane's moving on to the second round after a tough series with the Nashville Predators who almost gave us a heart attack, mainly because of the magnificent play of goalie Husey Soros. He gave us a lot of trouble and the injury of Jacob Slavin. But once Slavin came back, I think you saw the defense really settle in. There's no doubt you saw a turn and shift in that team. And of course you would. He's one of the elite defensemen in this league. I don't care what anybody says. And Dougie Hamilton, everybody's favorite punching bag right now. Kane acts, you owe him an apology. He showed up big time in game six with two points, a crucial goal and assist. And what we need to understand is that Dougie Hamilton, he's a very offensive-minded defenseman. He's everything that overrated clown Justin Falk wanted to be. Dougie benefits big time by having Slavin pair up with him on the ice. And that was more no evident than in that series. Now, I know what you're thinking. Ben, they just lost game one in the second round to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know what my response to that is? Relax. Cool it. We're not going to act like Andre Vasilevsky is not the best goalie in the league. We're not going to act like he's possibly the Vinza Trophy winner this year. The Vezina Trophy winner this year. Are we not going to act like it's game one? It's game one and it was close. It came down to the wire. Penalties were a huge factor in that loss. It came down to the very last second. These are Stanley Cup champions we're playing. Defending Stanley Cup champions. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But I think what this team has shown time and time again is the ability to overcome adversity. The penalties are things we can control. I feel like we're the better team. It would take somebody who doesn't know what they're seeing, like D-Rock. <laughs> and we haven't even been able to say this when it comes to the Canes and the Lightning in a very long time, but I really feel like we were the better team on the ice despite the loss. I anticipate us winning this series. There's no doubt in my mind that we won't win this series, and we're just getting better. Now, D-Rock, we got to move on from hockey because I was told by somebody like you who isn't paying attention that people don't like hockey around here. So you drive and listening right now. Wake up, pal. We're moving on. Now, it depends on who you talk to. This could be a weekend winner or a weekend worse, but I'm labeling a weekend worse. You blew it! Weekend worst. Duke baseball and NC State baseball coming along and looking really good here in the final stretches before the regionals. Duke, of course, ending an ACC title drought and becoming conference champions. The Wolfpack are the runner-ups. And what else can I say? What is good about this? There's no doubt in my mind that the Pirates beating Duke early in the year in non-conference 6-1 only helped their case for the committee to select the Pirates to host a regional. But on the flip side, NC State, Duke, and UNC all doing well and earning bids. It's just sucky for us, for us Pirate fans. We don't like those guys. And UNC, I mean, I don't even think they deserve to get in. They were one of the first four in, and they were on the bubble. And looking at NC State, what's even worse about that whole deal is I really think they can advance to a super regional looking at the field for them in the regional up at Louisiana Tech. They'll play Alabama, who didn't deserve to be in the first place over Pittsburgh, and either Louisiana Tech, who is a tough team, or Ryder. Who? Who is Ryder? Have you ever heard of Ryder University in your life? Derek. 
Please help me here. Have you ever heard of Ryder? No, I'm going to look up where it is, actually. All right, thank you. Because, I mean, this is news to me, Ryder. All those triangle schools, as far as I'm concerned, are scum on the bottom of my shoe, and you can get them out of here. I don't want Get them out of here. I don't want to look at them. It's in Jersey. Jersey. Lawrence perfect. Township, New Jersey. Got a little northeastern accent going there. That was perfect. One more weekend of winter. You're a winner. Weekend winner. You know, there's been this big concerted push to get NASCAR back to their roots and just being entertaining again, quite frankly. And I'll give them this. At times recently, they've tried, I guess. I mean, they threw some dirt on Bristol and had a race. I guess you can call that trying. But if they really want to get themselves out of a hole, here's something right in front of their face. A movement right in front of their face. North Wilkesboro saved the Speedway movement. North Wilkesboro, once a popular Speedway right here in our great state. NASCAR has had a great history in this state. We are the mecca when it comes to the NASCAR. This state is. It's just, it's ingrained in our history. It's ingrained in sports history here. I think you can't tell the story of North Carolina without talking about NASCAR if there's ever a story to be told. But yeah, North Wicksboro hosted a number of Winston Cup Series races from the 40s up until I believe the late 90s. It was a staple in that league. I guess you can call NASCAR a league. It's now getting a serious revitalization effort and you love to see it. You bring that race back you target an area and a demographic that cares about the sport, that is desperately wanting to see the sport back to its former glory. And it would be a real legitimate effort in my eyes to go back to your roots and bring some fans back after that whole Bubba Wallace joke of a publicity stunt. Let's face it, it was a publicity stunt. Nothing about it was real. Looking at this movement, it doesn't seem like one of those so-called movements where you throw a petition on the internet and people put their emails in or something and sign up for a newsletter or whatever. You've seen those, Derek. They're jokes. D-Rock, you've seen those. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. And they don't do anything. They accomplish nothing. This is getting serious backing. Legitimate backing. We're talking, we're reaching in some pockets right now. A man by the name of Marcus Lemonis has pledged a million dollars to bring back NASCAR's once oldest track. And as much flack as we give Governor Cooper, and rightfully so, he claims he does love sports. And I definitely think he's proven it as of late. Get this. Cooper has proposed a bill that give $10 million each to North Wilkesboro, Charlotte, and Rockingham Speedway, who's also a defunct track in this state. So good on you, Governor. As for NASCAR, this is right here in your face. The ball's in your court. Instead of pushing that loser Bubba Wallace, and that's not an insult, it's just a fact. He doesn't want anything. Look it up. I, I, has he ever won a cup race? No. I'm confident he's, he's never won one. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm confident he's never won a cup race. Instead of holding racism in Miami and Las Vegas, for Christ's sakes, with 10 people, do the right thing and make a serious push to get some ratings and some interest back and bring back these classic tracks. And hey, just for me, Let's have some cup races at Bowman Gray. Are you familiar with Bowman Gray, D-Rock? I am not. Could you tell us about it? <laughs> Bowman Gray. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure where it is in North Carolina, but it is a track in North Carolina. We're literally, it, it's a racetrack shoved into like a Chowan football-sized stadium. It's insane. 
It's literally a track on a football season. They talk about, well, Bristol's so great because it's like a football stadium, but there's racing in it. No, this is literally a football stadium. They use it for football, and they race on it. That's and it's insane. Track. A lot of wrecks, a lot of action, a lot of excitement. Bring it back for me. Just for me. I'll go. I promise. I'll pledge. I'll pledge $100. That guy's pledging a million dollars. I'll pledge $100 to go. I'll throw in another 50. I'm a big baller right now. Couple quick hits for Weekend Worst. Weekend Worst. The New York Knicks. Need I say more? They're the Knicks. After winning game one against Atlanta, they're now down three, three to one and on the brink of elimination. Moving on to a little bit of a sadder note. All respect here. Please turn the music down for me, Derek. Cut it off. This was really sad to hear. RP to one of the all-time great shot blockers in NBA history, Mark Eaton. Eaton passed away last week in a bicycle crash at the age of 64. I'm not going to act like I ever follow the guy or see much tape on him, but I think my personal memory of Eaton, and it's a little silly, but it's all respect. 2K used to have these historical teams in the game you could play with, right? Bear with me. Bear with me. I don't know if they still have it. I haven't played 2K in a while, but one of the Jazz teams he was on in one of those games, and I used to pick that team that he was on because Mark Eaton in that game was like a man among boys. He was seven foot four. You couldn't score on him. Used to love the play as him. And from what I understand, he was a great ambassador for the community in Utah, a great person, a great player. And our condolences out to his family. Just really sad to see. We're going to move on to a little bit of a lighter note here. It's still a weekend worse, though. You blew it! Weekend worst. There we go. You can turn the music back up, D-Rock. Couldn't just be disrespectful there. We had to pay our respects. And we'll wrap it up with a fan who threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. I'm trying to laugh here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know Boston is a passionate city. And Kyrie Irving is a moron prima donna that we all don't agree with. But come on. We can't just assault the players, fellas. Take it easy. I know it's Boston. But let's take it easy, folks. And you know what? I did just off the spur, I'm going to throw in another weekend worst. Alabama game. Weekend worst. I was a little early there. I'm sorry. That's fine. They all got to get him. But Alabama getting in. Alabama that, for sure. That was ridiculous. Over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Just, what, a month ago? I don't think it was a month ago. Just two weeks ago, you thought was good enough to host a regional. And I get it. They dropped some games since then. Didn't look really great since then. But they were still top 50 in the RPI. And I got some numbers for you to kind of compare Alabama and Pittsburgh and why Pittsburgh deserved to get in over Alabama. Alabama was 8-17 and 17 versus the top 50. Pittsburgh was 17-12. and 12. Throw UNC in the mix, too. They didn't deserve to get in over Pittsburgh. Ridiculous. Get it out of here. That's going to do it for your weekend winners, weekend worst. But before we move on, Derek, you got any weekend winners, weekend worst? I got a weekend winner. Doesn't have to be sports related. Doesn't have to be sports related. Weekend winner. I got a quick one that is sports related. Um, Speaking of NASCAR, since that's what we're talking about, you remember Sam Schmidt? Uh, I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Well, in 99, he was a NASCAR driver, right? And he got in this horrible wreck that paralyzed him from the neck down. He was at the Walt Disney World Speedway, I believe. And during this, I think it's the practice. Uh, I don't know what you call it. I want to say practice round. I'm not a NASCAR guy, if you can't tell. Um, 
during their their practice roundabout, he comes and he gets sandwiched behind two drivers. One of them just barely tips him off, and he goes flying off into the wall at a 90-degree angle. Yikes. It paralyzes him from the neck down. And so for the last 21 years, he's been kind of the spokesperson for NASCAR and things like that. He's been helping out with the community. The reason this is my weekend winner is a tech company called Arrow Industries actually made a prototype exoskeleton for him so that he was allowed to dance with his daughter at their wedding. Wow, that's awesome. I thought it was that's very great. Eric bringing the heat here. That's one of the best weekend winners so far out of everything. And uh, going back to NASCAR for a second, here's the big problem with NASCAR. Derek, you lived in this state for a while now. Yes. I have I grew up here, lived here my whole life. Have you ever been to a NASCAR event? I've never been to a NASCAR event. I don't think I've ever been to a NASCAR event either. I think we would both get beaten up for living here and not having been to one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think there's a lot of people that are in the same predicament we're in. We're 20-something-year-olds who grew up in North Carolina, and we've never been to a NASCAR event. When that necessarily might not have been the case 30 or 20 years ago. That tells you the sad state NASCAR is in right now. That's why you got to bring it back to your roots. Is bring it back it? to the former glory. Is bringing everybody back? Bring the tracks back? I don't know. It might be too far gone. But if they show that they're listening and that they care and say they do bring it back to North Wilkesboro after they kind of build that stadium up, they use the money, and they kind of revamp that area. They bring it back to Rockingham. They bring it back to my Bowman Gray, even though Bowman Gray's not – not necessarily what you would consider Cup Series material. They bring it back. I'll go to them. I'll pitch in some money. I'll go. Just out of respect. Because they listen. They're trying. And I want to see that sport, sport succeed in our state. It's been so important. It's sports. And to our history. Yeah. No doubt. Moving on. You got a weekend worse, Derek? Um, not one, not one that's worth saying. All right, you've raised my suspicions there, Derek. Oh yeah, you want me to go with it anyway? Go ahead. It doesn't have to be sports related. You Weekend worst. Well, my original worst was if y'all didn't know, Joe Biden went to get ice cream this weekend. That, I, that's I did not know. Total newsworthy. I didn't know he was coming out of the house. <laughs> Well, he stops somewhere in some small town to grab ice cream, and it becomes this huge debacle between, you know, the small town ma and pa, never seen the president before type of people. And it's along the lines of, Mr. President, what did you order? Chocolate, chocolate chip. And you would assume by the crowd's reaction, he's just done a miracle. He's cured cancer or something. He's, it's met with a chorus of oohs and ahs. Some people in the back like, I voted for you sort of thing. It, you would It's the reaction from the crowd that's the worst for me. There's nothing. He did not say anything remotely interesting or something. It was like, okay, I have this. Well, that's 2021, Derek. I mean, this is the TikTok generation where you could do a little dance and that's you blow a fair up. point. I saw a lot of older folks in this crowd though uh, that were just so they were ecstatic hey. that he ordered chocolate chocolate chip. It was it was unheard of. I don't like to get political, but he's our president, Derek. I'm not taking sides by all <laughs> means, but I, if I was the president and somebody asked me questions about that, I'd be talking about my ice cream too. Yeah, this is. That's a good weekend worse. That's ridiculous. The, hey, it's the TikTok generation. Maybe the grandparents are getting in on that. I got a personal weekend worse. Go for it. I'm, I, I'm just going to go for it. Weekend worst. I hope she's listening right now. So, you know, Derek, you know, I've been working out. Curls for the girls. I got two of them. Oh, oh, look at these. Oh, oh. Looking good. Looking great. Down 30 pounds since February. Really? 
Oh, you haven't noticed. You haven't noticed. Shame on you, Derek. I need to try harder. That that fuels me now. I can only see the top half of that's you. Motiv- that's motive. That doesn't make it any better, Derek. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, I've been hitting the tender. I don't need your validation, Derek. I've been hitting the tenders. I've been getting some matches. 17 matches. No biggie. No biggie. No comments on that, huh, Derek? I uh, mean, 17's a good number. Hey, you ain't got... Hey, 17's a lucky number, baby. So I hit it up with this 10, right? We having our thing. You know, I hit it with my pickup line, you know. I usually shoot for eights, but I can sell for a 10, you know. She was she was loving it. She was loving it. And, you know, we're talking and everything. Then she's like, you look like Mr. Beast. And that's when I lost it. I was done. I was out of it right here. Now, Derek, do you see the resemblance? Now, from what I understand... Mr. Beast is like a mammoth of a man. He's like 6'11". He's 6'3". 6'3". That's still tall. That's a tall dude. I, I, I mean, I'm a little guy. I'm 5'11", you know? I stopped growing in high school. I used to be a center, believe it or not, Derek, in a rec league. I used to be a center, too, teams. believe it or not. Yeah, and we're little guys. We are very little You're guys. probably smaller than I am, but... Yeah, see, now I bring you down a peg. How's it feel? But yeah, that just bothered me. What's the resemblance? I definitely look better than that guy. What's the, what's the resemblance? The hair? Maybe the gap in our teeth? Uh, if y'all have watched Mr. Beast, assuming that, you know, you just have to see what the hype is about. We don't watch him, per se, but I know what he looks like. Um, if you mix Mr. Beast with, I think his name is Chris, his friend that they does it with, that's uh, a perfect resemblance of Ben. Well, either way, I'm like a pipsqueak compared to him. But call me a pimpsqueak. I don't like pipsqueak. Call me pimpsqueak. I'll take it. That's going to do it for your weekend winners, weekend worse. Now. Stay tuned. We're going to do a little bit of a Bojangles giveaway. Bojangles serving up those hot buttermilk Cajun-flavored biscuits. That's probably where I'm going to hit up after this. I can taste it right now. Call in. Caller number five, the great Keith LeClaire. He was number 23. You add those numbers up, you get five. There we go. Caller number five, you'll win a Bojangles on the other side. Of this quite quick timeout. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. If you worry your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with the app if it works for you. You can write him a text or knit him a sweater. If you can't be together, you can write him a letter. Whatever, whatever, whatever is your Chat on the game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. However, you do it, you gotta ask a friend. And if they don't share, you can ask again. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Derek, I don't like it. 
because I made a rookie mistake. I didn't give the number. So, the first person to call in, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, wins a Bojangles. And, hey, you'll be eating the best biscuits in the South. No debate. Not no Popeyes. I don't know if Chick-fil-A's got biscuits. Probably nothing compared to Bojangles. Anyway, your weather for tonight, it's in the 70s. You know, feeling really good, really good. Humidity at 50%. Who cares? Moving on. Tonight, mostly clearer than patchy fog, low of 54. What it's looking like for the regionals this weekend on Friday, showers are likely, not looking too good, 70%. And then Friday night, 50% chance of showers. Ugh, I don't like that, Derek. Might have some games postponed. Doesn't sound like a good time. Anyways, Derek, he's standing by on the mic on the ones and twos. He's ready to update you on the latest in sports and what's happening right now. Here's Derek Alcorn with a quick 94 through the game sports update. Take it away, D-Rock. Hey, thanks, Ben. I'm Derek here today with your 94 through the game sports update. We're going to start off with Pirate Baseball as they, of course, host a regional as the 13th national seed. The field for that 2021 regional is at our own Clark LeClaire Stadium. We'll see the Pirates take on the fourth seed Norfolk State first. The first pitch for that game is set for noon Friday, and you can hear the live coverage for that matchup starting at 11.45 sharp right here on your flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 the game, as Coach Gary Overton and Corey Glore will bring you all the action. Norfolk State, or Nor, uh, excuse me, Norfolk State earned a bid as the 2021 MEAC champions and are making their first regional appearances in their program's history. The Maryland Terrapins will also come to town as the third seed, making their first regional appearance since 2017. A team the Pirates are too familiar, sit, too familiar with in the second seed at Charlotte will make an appearance, as ECU previously swept the Niners about three months ago, and since then were in a conversation to host a regional of their own in Gastiona. The Pirates are paired up with the fourth national seed in Vanderbilt, who will host Presbyterian, Indiana State, and Georgia Tech. Moving on to the NFL, the Seahawks have made an offer for the legendary Falcons wide receiver Julio Young. Julio, Julio Jones, excuse me, Ben. The reported details of the offer include not a first, but a second round pick picked by the Falcons. And from the NBA playoffs, a Boston Celtics fan has been arrested and charged with assault after he threw a bottle at the Brooklyn Nets point guard Kyrie Irving in game four of their series. And a preview of all the playoff action going on tonight. Tipping off at seven, the Philadelphia 76ers look for the sweep as they lead their opponent, the Washington Wizards, three games to none in the series. The, Sixer, the Sixers are currently seven and a half point favorites in that matchup. Later on at 9.30, the Utah Jazz battle the Memphis Grizzlies as the Jazz sits currently, sit, currently sitting at a 2-1 lead in the series and they are 5.5-point favorites for tonight's game. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. I'm Derek Alcorn. Back to you, Ben. Thanks a lot, Derek. One of the best in the biz right there when it comes to sports updates. None, none other does it better than maybe myself. You know. But yeah, that Julio Jones deal is a little bit interesting. It's nice to see that he's finally getting out of the division. He's not going to tear up the Panthers. His annual grinding of the Panthers, shredding the Panthers, going for 200 yards, 100 yards, doesn't matter. It's good for J.C. Horn. And uh, I think that's the Eagles' move to make. They had a chance to do it two years ago, according to the reports. They had a chance to do it last year. Hey, Eagles, that's your. It's the ball's in your court. Seahawks don't need them. That, that whole deal is interesting. And second round, hey, you got to throw some first picks their way. You're not going to spin them on the right receiver anyways. Jalen Rieger, who is that guy? Anyways, we'll wrap it up here on the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout. A shout-out to all, all of those who served and ultimately fell here on a Memorial Day Monday.
We would like to dedicate this segment to all the vets out there, to all those who fought and served, to those who, all those who tragically passed in combat, just so we can do what we do, Derek, just so we can do here on the mics, just so that Bob, just, just so Bob, Bubba Wallace can do whatever it, it is that he does, whatever heroic thing they say he's doing, for the right for us to protest, for the right for us to have a freedom of speech, for the right for us to have a First Amendment, quite frankly. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Derek. Do you have any uh, maybe uh, family members that are vets that you like to shout out during this time? Um, I guess I'll shout out to my dad, Mr. Brian Alcorn. He's a he's a Marine. Okay. Um, served about four years, and both of my cousins are both in the Navy. All right, all right. I got a cousin who's in the Army, Schuyler, killing it over there. Much respect to him. And uh, he's not in yet, but my brother, he's shipping off here in about a month. So He's not a vet. They haven't passed. But we just want to show our respects and thank them for all that they do. And let's not forget as we sit at this three-day weekend as you're chilling, watching TV or listening to this, or you're grilling up hot dogs on the grill, what this day is all about. That's going to do it for us here. I was your host, Ben Barham, filling in on the Patrick Johnson Show. If you did not like this, a professional, a Hall of Famer, I, I would say. We'll be returning tomorrow. You have Cliff Godwin on, of course, breaking down what it means to host a regional once again. You'll have Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball breaking down the regional slate and the playoffs, the College Baseball World Series. That's going to do it for Ben Barham, myself, and for Derek Alcorn. This was the Patrick Johnson Show.